So um, I was actually trying to give uh, my son Micah, I was trying to give Micah directions to go somewhere the other day. And I was doing it the way that I know how to give directions, which is I was explaining it road by road. He needed to get somewhere and I explained that if he drove down South Road and then went on Ailiff's Road to Goodwood Road uh, and then followed that around, he could turn right to Cross Road and I was explaining and explaining. You see, because I'm old and I grew up with street directories and when you have a street directory, that's the way you worked out directions. You worked out where you were and where you wanted to go and you worked out the roads that would get you there and you remembered those roads, you know, because you, you couldn't drive with a book on your lap. So you sort of had to remember if I drive down this road. To, so that's the way I still give directions, right? I don't own a street directory anymore. Don't, don't panic about that. But um, someone, owned, oh, two people own street directory. My goodness. Wow. Okay, I don't own a street directory. Um, but that's the way my mind still gives directions, right? That's the way I still think about directions. So I'm having this conversation with my son. And he's looking at me with this kind of glazed, blank look on his face. And he stops me and he just says, Dad, I don't use road names. He said, I don't know the road names. He said, I just put in where I want to go into Google Maps or Apple Maps and it takes me. Because those maps don't tell you the road names necessarily. They just say, you know, in 400 metres, turn right. Right? And, and so Micah knows how to get places. He knows the roads when he's there, but... He doesn't know how to get there based on roadmaps, right? Based on names. And it made me think, like, we, we both know how to get places, but we just get places in different ways. And I thought, life's kind of like that, isn't it? Like, we all, we all sort of want to get to the same place. We all know where we want to get to. Um, we've just got different ways of getting there. Um, we're in a series that we're calling Jesus All Grown Up. Uh, we celebrated Christmas at Tide Church like most of us do. Um, but during Christmas, we found ourselves looking at the baby in the manger and asking, what happened to the baby in the manger? What kind of man did the baby grow up to be? And that's what this series is all about. We're going to explore Jesus the man, not Jesus the baby, but Jesus the man. Who did Jesus the baby grow up to be? What, what did he do? What did he say? What kind of life did he lead? And I guess underlying this series is a question that says, what is it about Jesus? What is it about that man that was so significant that 2,000 years later, we still talk about him? That whether, whether you believe, whatever you believe about Jesus, whatever you believe about God, or, or pretty much everyone's heard the name Jesus. Pretty much everyone knows even something about Jesus. They, they think they know something about Jesus. What is it about this man? What is it about the man that the baby in the manger grew up to be that makes Jesus a household name thousands of years after his life and his death? Matthew, Mark and Luke and John all sat down after uh, the life and the death of Jesus. They all sat down to write biographies of Jesus. Um, and there are some similarities in what they write. They share some of the same sort of stories. They share some slightly different stories and different perspectives. And I guess when you look at those four books, those four biographies, there's all these sorts of stories, all these things that he said and did and 
people he hung out with and places he went. And so what we're asking ourselves in this series are, what are the, what are the key themes? You know, what are the important ideas? What are the, what are the big ideas that really made Jesus Jesus, right? Because I mean, just like my life and your life, you know, there's all sorts of things I do, but but there are things that are sort of the essence of me. You know, there are those those key things that make me me. There are those those critical things that make you you. What were those key, those critical things in the life of Jesus that make Jesus Jesus? Last week we talked about one of the things um, that is all over Jesus' life, which is his radical inclusivity. And we said that Jesus lived in a world where some people were important and some people weren't, where some people were in and some people were out. And Jesus consistently, consistently broke the rules about who was in and who was out. He, he consistently redefined and set new rules for who was in. And Jesus had a really simple rule for who was in and who was out. And Jesus' rule was that everybody was in. There was nobody who was out for Jesus. Everybody was in. And this week I want to look at another rule-breaking, rule-making teaching of Jesus. When Jesus introduces to us a new way to get to God. The Bible, and I guess history in general when you think about it, is full of people talking about God. All sorts of ideas, not just sort of the Christian God, but there's all sorts of people talking about their idea of God. And, and history's full of people talking about their ideas for how to get to that God. You know, how, how to access the holy and the divine, um, how to get access to God. And uh, I mean, generally, it, it sort of goes something like this, that if you do this, you'll be on a path to get to God. If you do that, you'll get access to God and God will pay attention to you. And most of those ways through history have been pretty complicated. Most of those ways through history have involved various sacrifices or special offerings, um, lots of special uh, rituals and prayers. Uh, you know, if you say certain, excuse me, if you say certain things, if you do certain things, if you go certain places, if you dress certain ways, if you celebrate certain days, all of these sorts of rules and ideas are all set up to help people uh, or to guide people, whatever the religion you're talking about, to guide people toward God, to sort of give people access to who God is. And if you look at the Jewish faith before Jesus, it's no different. Uh, the Jewish Old Testament, the kind of first two-thirds of our Bible story before the life of Jesus is full of all of these fairly complicated ways to get to God. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, just open the book of Leviticus, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, early in the Bible. It is just a whole book of rules about you know what you have to do to be right with God. There's some crazy stuff in there, right? This is the world that Jesus is born into. This is the world that Jesus grows up into. But baby Jesus grew up to share a very different message about how we get to God. So if you've got a Bible, um, we're going to open it to John's biography of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. He's uh, the fourth of the, the guy's names. Um, John wrote a biography of Jesus. 
um, real, many, in the latter part of his life, many years after the death of Jesus. And we're in John chapter 14. If you've got it, if you don't, I'm going to read it and, uh, and you can listen along. John chapter 14, and I'm going to begin right at the beginning, reading from verse 1. These are the words of Jesus, as John records them. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you with me that you may be where I am, that you may be also where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas, Thomas is one of Jesus' followers, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do not know him and you have not seen him. Sorry, let me start that again. I got that wrong. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip, another one of the, the followers, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? Now this does sound, I admit, this does sound a bit like a Dr. Zeus book when you first read it, right? Um, there's lots of sort of repeated phrases and there's Jesus saying things like, I'm in the Father and the Father's in me. Um, and it's easy to get confused. So um, let me try and sort of unpack in, in what I think is kind of fairly simple terms what I think Jesus is trying to teach and what John wants us to know about Jesus uh, from, from this part of his biography. So Jesus begins this section by teaching us about life after this life. Essentially what Jesus is saying is, don't stress, I've got you covered. Jesus is saying, when you leave this life, when you die and when you leave this life, um, I've got a place already prepared for you. I've got a place lined up for you. I know where you're going. I've sort of already been there and I've... I've kind of turned down the bed sheet, so to speak, um, and I've got a place lined up for you. Jesus is saying, really, this is sort of these first four verses, somewhere in the first four verses, Jesus is saying, stick with me, I've got you covered in life after this life. But his disciples are a bit confused about the whole life after this life thing. They're a bit confused about the whole concept and idea of heaven. And so Thomas says in verse 5, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Which is a pretty, you know, kind of makes sense in a, in a human sense, doesn't it? If I don't know where I'm going, how can I possibly know how to get there? And Jesus responds with these words. Jesus says, but I am the way. I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you'll know my Father as well. Now, I want to tell you, this is huge. Right? 
no one expected to Jesus. No one expected Jesus to say what Jesus said then. In fact, no one expected anyone to say what Jesus said then. I mean, Jesus doesn't come saying, "I know something about God." You would expect that. Right? Lots of people have done that in history and there were lots of prophets and other godly people who, who step into history and said, I want to teach you something about God. That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus doesn't come and he doesn't just come and say, sort of, I know the way, I'll point you to the way to God. People would expect Jesus to say that. Lots of people in history have said that. And if you look through the history of the Bible, there are lots of people that have come and said, um, hey, you know, you're, you're off the path a bit. Let, let me remind you what the path is and let me point you in the direction uh, toward God. Jesus doesn't come and say any of those things. Jesus comes and he says, I am the way to God. No one expected that. Jesus doesn't talk about himself. Jesus doesn't say, I've got an opinion about God. Jesus uh, talked, doesn't talk about sort of being an, an expert on God. But, but Jesus says, I actually am connected to God. I'm in the Father and the Father is in me, John says. But John's not the only one. If you, you're taking notes, you can write down Matthew 11:27, Luke 10:22. Both Matthew and Luke uh, record Jesus saying similar things, talk about Jesus saying the same thing. This, this was something we said last week, uh, you know, it's something that appears uh, across multiple biographies of Jesus. This was a thing for Jesus, right? This wasn't a once-off sort of throwaway line. Um, uh, the way that the three authors report it tells us this is something that Jesus probably said many times, uh, taught many times to many people over his life. The way to get to God, uh, the way to access the divine, the path to enlightenment, the path to find fulfilment in life. Different religions and different philosophies um, say it in different ways, but, but, but essentially the point's the same. Everyone's looking for a way to get to God, right? Everyone, all religions, all philosophies, they're all looking for a way to get to God. And when I say God, I'm not just talking sort of the Christian God. I'm kind of whatever sort of God, uh, whatever ideal you believe in, everyone's looking for a way to get there. And Jesus says that the path to God isn't about some sort of ritual. It's not about some rules. It, it's not about some sort of do this and then this will, this will happen. Jesus is saying the path to God is a person, and Jesus says, I am that person. Jesus says, the path to God is a person, it's me, I am the way. This was a brand new idea when Jesus first shared it. No one had ever heard this before. No one had ever made that statement in history before, as best as we know it. And, and, and this, I want to tell you, this statement, or this is one of the statements that makes Jesus the person so important to Christians and so important to the Christian faith. Jesus isn't a guy with a good idea. He is the good idea. You see the difference? Jesus isn't a guide on the path to God. He says, I am the path to God. 
Jesus isn't an influencer talking about the way that you can get to God. He's saying, I am the way that you get to God. This was a massive idea for Jesus. It was a brand new idea for his listeners. And this idea changed the way that people talked about God and related to God forever since that moment. Uh, years later, uh, Paul, who would write a number of letters in the New Testament, Paul would write this. Uh, this is Romans uh, chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Paul would write, We have peace with God. That's Paul's way of saying kind of connection with God. You know, oneness, we're together with God. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Uh, Ephesians 3.12, Paul says, uh, same guy, says, In him, talking about Jesus, in Jesus and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. Ephesians 2, 17, 18. He, talking about Jesus, he came to, pre to preach peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. This is Paul's, you know, this is the way Paul sort of summarizes what we talked about last week, the radical inclusivity of Jesus. He's saying Jesus came to preach peace, his, his message of peace to everyone. Those who already thought they were near to God, those who thought they were far away from God, Jesus comes to preach this message of peace to everyone. And he says, for through him, Jesus, for through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Up to this time in history, everyone was trying to point the way to God. And Jesus comes along and says, I am the way to God. Everyone else is saying, let me tell you something about God. And Jesus comes saying, the Father's in me and I am in him. Like we're one and the same person. You know, when his apostles, his followers, his, the apostles are saying, just, just show us the Father then. I mean, how cool would that be? You know, let us see God. And Jesus saying, don't you get it? Like if you're seeing me, you're seeing the Father. Everything that is God, all the fullness, whatever, whatever it is, whatever God is, lives in me. And everything that I am lives in God. This is a crazy new way to talk about God and to talk about relationship with God and access to God. And, and, and the point he's making, or the point for us, is that the central idea of Christianity actually isn't an idea at all. The central idea of Christianity, it's not a book, it's not a prayer, it's not what you do on Sunday morning. The central idea of Christianity is a person. And, and I want to say, of those who are here and those who are online, um, if, you have no, if you have no reason in your life to explore Christianity at all, if you can't think of any good reason to explore Christianity, these words alone from Jesus should make you want to take a second look at the person of Jesus. If there's nothing else that, that you've read in the Bible or heard someone say or, or whatever, if there's nothing else that makes you think, I want to check out Christianity, these words alone from Jesus should be enough to make you want to take a second look at the person of Jesus. The man that baby Jesus in the manger grew up to be. And this idea has big implications on us living in the 21st century. 
I mean, do you wish you know where your life was headed? You know, do, do you wish you had a greater sense of peace and hope and confidence around those big things in your life, family and career and health? Effectively, what Jesus is saying is, don't pick up a Bible and try and find a verse somewhere that's going to tell you where you're going. Jesus says, come to me. I'm the way, the truth and the life. Are you stressed? Are you anxious? Are you uncertain about things? It's like Jesus saying, don't come to a church service hoping that you'll find an experience that will make you feel better. You know, like some sort of mindfulness experience that something magic will happen at church and you'll go and feel better. Jesus is saying, come to me. I'm the way, the truth and the life. Are you lonely, empty, feel like you've been let down by others? Desperate for real relationship, better relationship. It's like Jesus saying, don't come to a church program and hope that you meet a bunch of nice people who are going to be friendly to you and, and you know, kind of make you feel good about yourself. Jesus says, come to me. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah, I'm trying to explain this. Am I kind of making this, this difference sort of clear? I'm not trying to make it sound like like there's some sort of magic, you know, that if you sort of come to Jesus somehow everything, everything works out or whatever. Um, what, what, I'm, what I'm trying to do is help you see that, that Christian faith isn't about uh, an idea or a belief system. It's not about a program. It's not about a list of do's and don'ts. All those things are there. I'm not, I'm not saying there's nothing in those things. Those things are there. But what, what I, the point I'm trying to make is that the point that Jesus is trying to make is that at its core, at its heart, at its, at its very essence, the faith that Jesus is talking about was about a person and was based in a person. And Jesus is saying, I'm that person. Does that make sense? It's in him, it's in him that we find purpose and, 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 and peace and joy and hope and belonging. That's the good news of the Christian story. It's in him. It's in a person. It's not in any... These other things can kind of help, and they're a, they're a part of the bigger story, but it's his essence. It's a person. It's in him that we find those things. So how do we do it? Like, I mean, how do we actually... You know, what does it mean to be, you know, in him? What does it, what, what does it mean when Jesus says, I'm the, the way, the truth, and the life? I want to suggest to you, and this is going to sound crazily simplistic, but the answer is simply to lean into Jesus, the person. Read Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, uh, the biographies of Jesus, but don't read them to memorise a verse. Don't read them so that you can sort of tick off a plan and say that I've read the Bible every day. Read them for what they are. They're biographies to teach you and to show you who Jesus was as a person. You know, just like if you pick up a biography of a, uh, you know, a, a shelf in a bookstore, you, you pick it up because you want to learn something about the life of that person. That's what the books of Matthew, Mark and Luke and John are for. They're to show us who Jesus was as a person. What mattered to him. Read those books like that to get to know Jesus 
the person. Pray, not, not, not trying to... Prayer isn't something where you try and say the right words and hope that if you say the right words, you know, that some answer to prayer will come down from heaven like a vending machine and your life will, your life will get better. You know, prayer, prayer is an opportunity to have a conversation with Jesus. Prayer is about you kind of picking up the metaphorical phone each day and saying, Jesus, I want to tell you about how I'm feeling. I want to tell you about what's going on in my life and I want to invite you to speak into that. I, I, I want to hear what it is that you want to say to me. And I know that all might, all might sound a bit like, really? That's all you've got to say? Just, you know, kind of read the Gospels and, and pray? But this is the point, isn't it? Jesus came into a world that had this uber-complicated system for how you had to get to God. You had to say the right things and do the right things and there were sacrifices and rituals and special days and all kinds of rules. And, and I guess what I'm saying is we can make the same mistake today by adding a whole bunch of other things that we need to do and think and say in order to get access to God. And good things. You know, come to church... You know, uh, be, be with other believers, read the Bible, you know, do all these things. I'm not, none of that stuff's bad. I'm just saying none of those things are necessary for you to have access to God. Does that difference make sense? Yeah. Jesus says there's just one way. There's just one way to get to God. There's just one thing you need to do to get closer to God in your life. And that way is a person. And he says, I am that way. On the night before Jesus knew he would die, no one else knew he would die, but Jesus did. On the night before Jesus knew he would die, he gathered his closest friends together for a meal. And at the end of that meal, or during that meal, he grabbed the bread and the wine that were on the table as a part of the meal. And he picked them up and, and he tried as best he could to explain to his disciples. They didn't get it in the moment, but they would get it uh, afterwards. It would all sort of come together. He would explain to them that I'm going. Like in a physical sense from this world. Not going, going, but I'm going from this world. And when I'm gone, I want you to take bread and to take wine and to eat it and to drink it to remember me. It's what we call communion. We still do it. And Jesus doesn't say, remember to go to church. He doesn't say, remember to keep up all those rules that I told you about. He doesn't say, remember to dress this certain way or to pray this certain prayer. He just says, remember me. Eat and drink and remember me. I mean, you know, do you, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but that's why we call this communion. Because it's communing with Jesus. Do you get it? You know, commun we don't really use the word to commune, but you know, to, to, to kind of come together. That's what communion is. It's not a ritual. It's not a thing 
Christians do just to, you know, tick a box or keep a rule. Communion is an opportunity for people to spend a moment with Jesus. Literally spend a moment with Jesus. And his body and his, uh, his blood, the bread and the wine or the juice are symbols of that. We celebrate his life, we remember his sacrifice and his death, we connect with his spirit. We take communion, we listen to his voice. We invite him to speak to us, we invite his life and spirit into our life and spirit. But the point is, it's all about the person of Jesus. So we're going to take communion now. And as we do so, I'm going to invite you just to spend some time with the way and the truth and the life. And you might do that sort of in, in, in prayer and, and to confess your shortcomings, to just, you know, sort of kind of confess to Jesus that you're not there and to invite him in. You might spend time thanking him for his death and his sacrifice that opened the way. Or you might just spend time with a friend. Jesus came with a brand new message. A, a brand new way to get to God. He announced a way to get to God that no one had ever heard before and he said I am the way no longer do you need a whole complicated set of sacrifices and rituals and rules to follow and all this other stuff he said come to me I am the way if you've seen me You've seen the Father, he says. He says the way to God is a person, and I'm that person. The baby in the manger grew up to say, I am the way and the truth and the life. Real, full, wonderful, amazing life. That's who Jesus grew up to be.